0: What is up everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We are live on Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. Maybe you're listening later. Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. It's all good. And we have a packed Show for you tonight with some amazing guests Justin, before we get into it real quick You haven't been here a couple of weeks Hey, welcome back uh, uh, Thanks for remembering
1: you do a show No, it's great I remember the whole time I was quietly podcasting to my family uh, oh. Having opinions And they respect my opinion as much as you guys do So that was perfect mm. uh, But I was at Disney World And really took it in uh, For a week
2: Because and... you won the Super Bowl So you went to
1: Disney World <laughs> Um, a lot of those. Uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs went to Disneyland, but we were at the Magic oh, Kingdom no. the day they were like, "We're at Disney World." I was like, "Because we didn't see them."
0: Uh, what so, was uh, just apropos of the show? Did you go to Star Wars Land? Did you do anything like nerdy or comic booky there?
1: Well, let me tell you, the Guardians you ride is. Uh, Yeah, that's a very comic book club thing to do. Because Goofy's sort of the Nat Towson of the Magic (laughs) Kingdom. Agreed. The Guardians of the Galaxy ride is awesome. Truly mm. like worth going to uh, scared my uh, daughter, my six-year-old mm-hmm. daughter. Uh, but I enjoyed it uh, for sure. I didn't realize that young kids could go on those rides. You have to be like 40 inches tall for most rides. So my four-year-old daughter went on the Tower of Terror and loved what? it. What? Wow. Uh, she said her quote, com- her quote coming off it was, it was like falling down on the playground, but I didn't have to hurt my knee. I was like, <laughs> wow. Hey, <laughs> Good philosophy.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So you're going to take her on a roller coaster tour of the United States now, right?
1: I think I have to. It's her thing. Um, on the Star Wars tip, um, everyone talks about Rise of the Resistance. I actually thought the Smuggler's Run ride was my favorite of the, the two featured. Controversial, rides. I know, controversial take. But you get to fly in the Millennium Falcon, and you get to actually pilot it. So that was exciting. Whoa.
0: Awesome. Well, it's good to have you back. Very excited to have you here. And I'm also excited about the guests that we have on the show. Later on, we're going to have Jamie Rotante and McCall Asto are going to be here to talk about some awesome Archie comic stuff. But first, let's talk about a book that is on Zoop right now and is Zoop. awesome and wild Zoop. There it is. Let's bring in Claire Napier. Hello, Claire. Hey. Welcome to the show. hey. How are awesome. you? So The Magic Necklace on zoop right now zoop uh, for frequent listeners of the show they know this but it's a crowdfunding platform it's very heavily curated and of course they curated it with your book which is a cool book Great. it's up right now and you are pretty close i'm just looking at it right now it's 2,395 out of 3,000 there's 16 days left hopefully we can give it the patent ah. comic book club bump yeah raise right, it show. up we'll a little bit we'll for see you what happens uh, but talk about this book. This is a wild mix of romance and horror that went in directions I completely was not expecting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, was the, what was the inspiration behind the book? And, and if you could give the audience just like a little pitch, whatever you feel comfortable sharing about the plot. <laughs> yeah,
3: it, all just, it all happened to me. This is a true story. <laughs>
0: um, I knew it.
3: Um, <laughs> um, It's just, it's just, i made it up you know <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
3: um <laughs> it's a hard question to answer because it, it gets hard to remember once you're once you're doing it once you've finished um like history rewrites itself and you all you can remember is here's the thing um and i've already forgotten the question i'm sorry it's midnight um, oh my goodness no, i know okay. it's a, <laughs> you are?
0: well thank I mean, you for I, we coming saying- on late
1: yeah, uh, the, ahead, the, the sort of the the pitch of the book which I mean I'm happy to read it off the back uh, cover if that is an easier way to do it That would be perfect uh, uh, Morgan Lefay's necklace grants immunity from danger to those who wear it. Three days ago Ann Rita bought it Two days ago something happened. yesterday Ann Rita had a thought today she'll have a man which Hoku. I I thought that was I love the sort of uh, like haiku uh, the diminishing word account Hoku. of that. Uh, but I didn't read that until the end. And I actually, the easing into the, the story and sort of the magic part of it, I thought was so great. But my real question is about the art style here, which is sort of, uh, I, it, it reminds me of like pen ink, and you, it, pink and black are sort of the color choices here. What brought you there?
3: Um, well, it is pen ink. Um, so <laughs> good, good eye. Nailed it. Um, I'm a reporter. <laughs> I have uh, I have a pink pen. I have a black pen. <laughs> um the one I the, my next book the one I'm doing now I'm, I've got a green pen. Um <laughs> Yeah, I um it's sort of organic an organic process. Um what do I have what can I put towards the idea like when I edit um people and teams I'm very big on um, resources. What kind of resources can you provide your collaborators with? What kind of resources can you build for yourself before you start working? And often that means like thinking up character background that won't we'll ever make it into the book or thinking up, um, like making sure if you're a writer, you're saying to your artist that you're working with, um, like this takes place in a high school auditorium. If you're an American writer, which often they are, um, and you're working with a non-American artist, which often they are, the artist doesn't know what a, a high school auditorium looks like. Like they can kind of, get, and they can maybe put on a movie and copy that, but that's a lot of work to do. Um, so I'm very big on providing upfront and making sure it, the, the process is as easy as it can be. And that's because that's what I find works for me. Um, when I, like If it's hard, it doesn't get done. So I like to do what I can with what I have because doing what I can with what I don't have means that I can't do anything. <laughs> so having um, having a pink pen, because I, I, I didn't buy it for the project. I um I just had it because I like colourful ink. Like, it's just, it's nice. It's right. like a style thing, you know, like, I don't know if you had this experience in school, but um, when you are first allowed to use an ink pen in primary school. You move up from pencil. Um, <laughs> in my day, um, as as we say when we're old, um, <laughs> it was exciting we would use a, a cartridge pen with like little ink cartridges. And the most glamorous, exciting thing you could possibly do was have a different colored ink cartridge because the norm was blue, like royal blue, like blue ink. Um, occasionally black, if you were being daring. But sometimes we would get a different colored ink cartridge. And it wasn't even about using it. It was just, like, having the cartridge itself, it was so, like, because it was different and because it was pretty, like, the, the object was exciting. And then if you did actually go so far as to use it, that was, like, like showing off your riches by eating gold or something. <laughs> so I kept that, like, enjoyment and... um Almost hedonistic thrill of using like a colourful ink, and it just appeals to me. So I happened to buy this pink pen um, in in W. H. Smith one time, and then when I came to want to actually draw this story, I thought, what's going to make me the happiest? What's going to feel the best to use while I while I'm doing that? Um, how like how is the experience going to be the best it can be? Because if the experience is the best it can be, then I know I'll keep going. Um, and the answer was use
4: this pink pen.
0: <laughs> so, <I did. laughs> Well, to talk uh, about the so- other parts, sorry to interrupt, Justin, but uh, opposite from the pink pen, you've got uh, through the blacks in particular, and we're looking at some of the pages here on the live stream for anybody listening, you have this sort of, I don't know, it's sort of like old newsprint meets point to list style that you're going with. Is that something that was very specific to this book? Is that something that your style in general and how, how do you achieve that?
3: Um, yeah, I think it is specific to this book, although I am also going to use it continually going on. Um, But it's not so much that it's specific to the book as it's specific to the subject, Um, like horror romance and the intensity of experience and um, like the shock of being faced with someone who is overacting or like coming on to you. It's a lot, um, and the vision gets hazy. Things feel um, speckled, and I I think that screen tone gets that across really well, um, and like the hazy impressionistic pointillism. Um, the idea of being indirect in order to achieve a specific image is appealing to me, and also thematic. I think.
1: Well, and let me say uh, on that, I feel like it's that intersection. Like I feel like this story is equally could equally have been scribbled on a bar napkin of someone (laughs) watching this happen, or on someone's notebook, like you're saying with a grade school pen. The pen I imagined uh, was the one um, that I saw when I was a kid, where you could flick between different colored ink, and it was so precious. My daughter just <laughs> got one of those and she holds it like it is the <laughs> holy <Absolutely>. grail. <laughs>
4: yeah. She
1: loves it so much. And so that intersection, I thought, just from an art choice, tells us so much about the tone of it and gets us sort of in the head of a character that isn't telling us what's happening yeah, without revealing the secrets. And I just, I was so impressed by that to ride with a character tonally, but then get to enjoy the reveals without them feeling like they are being withheld from us for too long.
4: Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, What was that? Uh, I'm curious to follow up on what Justin's saying as a writer, were there points during the process where you wanted to get that information out there sooner, but you were like, no, 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 hold on to it. Hold on to it.
3: Um, kind of, I always, it's for me, the, um, the can't waitness is more wrapped up in like having it finished. Like I want to I I knew where all the the information needed to be like how the parts worked together and, and needed to like the order in which they needed to come but I I it's frustrating to have to wait <laughs> to draw <laughs> it all. Um it kind of it comes together usually quite well like the in terms of um, like revelations because I do tend to find myself um, making stories in which things aren't as they seem or whatever um, just because it gives me plenty to keep in mind I guess like having a lot of strings to hold on to means that I'm always having to hold on to them so I don't get bored and um, I've forgotten what I was saying. (laughs) No,
0: listen, I I don't want to keep you too late because like you said, it's very late where you are. (laughs) But you do have this soup campaign that's up, as we mentioned, for the next 16 days as we're taping. If people go there, what can they check out? What can they expect from the campaign?
3: Oh, well, they can get the comic. Um, There's PDF and print tiers. Um, There's... There's a book plate and a, a bundle and a print and a t-shirt. But my favorite um, my favorite tier is that there's an audio short, um, yeah. which I wrote like prose. And then my friend who's a, a professional erotic voice actress um, has recorded. It's a, a monologue from the perspective of Morgan Le Fay. Um, like watching oh, wow. the... Um, the events prior to the comic um, from her tower outside of time. Um, Because I do like Arthurian razzle dazzle. Um, (laughs) I wanted wanted to be able to provide like an addition, like an extra like people do for crowdfunding campaigns. But the things that people normally offer I, I can't do them. They, like I can't offer commissions because I will forget that I'm supposed to do them. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Truly. Um, so I, I had to cast around for something that felt authentic and non um, obligatory um, and offering a, a parallel story that it, it's not necessary in the least to like, it doesn't explain anything that's not explained in the comic um but it um i guess there's an element of feminine solidarity to it um because having a witch's necklace is one thing but having the witch approve of what you do with it is another (laughs) like that it's better
1: (laughs) yeah well and let me say it's to have that as a tier for someone who would uh sign up for that before they've read the book like Having read it, I want to hear that now. Like I want to hear <laughs> like you, need, you need an option for me to buy in now to, see, to hear that because that to me is the perfect like like ep. I mean, I haven't heard it, but the perfect epilogue to the story, which like yeah. uh, leaves you. I mean, I, it's it's very sexual. I think we sort of touch on it a little bit, but after it's finished, you're left with the reality. Like when we as people have sex in whatever way that we do it, afterward you're like, okay, now I got to go back to everything else in my (laughs) relationship or life or whatever. And I love the idea that the book ends there, but to have an outside eye on it, almost being like, well, that was a mistake, uh, or great work—you did the right thing. Well, there. this like, is not so to drop, cool. but this
0: is Justin. This is the same way. Whenever you have sex, I call you up to comment on it, right? And, and honestly, <laughs> like, I don't know
1: if it, I don't have a magic necklace. I don't know how you're in on me uh, doing this, but I'll, you, I I'll guess explain. When you it do you. a podcast for so exactly. long, exactly, you, you just get know in on the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I got
0: I got my my uh, my tingle going out there. Let's not follow this road too far. <laughs> me too, <laughs> uh, Claire. Sorry about the detour at the end. There, the book is great. I'm very excited you. for Love you. It. I'm very excited for the Zoop. Everybody should check it out. Everybody should support it. And that uh, that bonus, like we've been talking about, sounds really awesome. So thank you for staying on late to yeah, talk. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Get thank
1: some you. sleep. Love the book. Thank you for coming on. Thank
3: you.
0: All right. Have a good night. Have
4: been
0: there. <laughs> All right. There we go. Claire Napier, the book is called The Magic Necklace, and it is up on Zoop right now. And like we talked about, very cool. Also, like Justin was getting at at the end there, very adult. This is not a story yeah. for kids. If you're like, Yeah, it kids. shouldn't
2: read this on the subway or, no, nope.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. but yeah, if your kids like, you know, authorian, uh, Arthurian tales or something, don't give it to your kids. Give it well, to Well, there's your a
1: own. subway car in New York anyway at the back where you can just read whatever you want. It's oh, like... is that oh, one really? with the curtains? That's yeah, one it's with the Yeah, it's a curtain. Everyone's like, <laughs> private being private. a little fun. Yeah, it's fun. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's doing what they want.
0: Yeah, it's out of service this weekend, though, and that's very annoying.
1: I know, you'd think it. And Pete, I know New York's changed a little bit since you were here. So. Yeah, I guess
0: so. The old curtain car was you, not you something I was used to. You gotta come back for the
1: private, the
2: private pervert car. It's where I find out, <laughs> constantly.
0: Pete's in Baltimore okay. now. There you just cover yourself with crabs and go to town. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. You just ride crabs to work.
0: <laughs> well we've got far afield why don't we bring in our next guests uh they're the folks behind betty the finer girl from archie comics which is another yeah. wild horror ride mccall asto and jamie rotante hello hey welcome
4: hello wow
0: uh, uh oh i like this arrangement this is new we haven't had five people on the screen at the same time uh thank you so much it's so good to see both of you here again the book is great it's out on stands now i believe um came out last week if that's correct so everybody can go and pick it up and we'll talk about it in a second but before we get into it i wanted to present yes. you both with something so every week we have a professional chef and this is true named stray bullet brett stray Macris. Bullets. <laughs> yes, <drink> straight <release. laughs> who either curates or designs a drink for us. And sometimes he's particularly inspired to create a drink based on the guest. And this time that's exactly what he did this. I think this could come up super tiny in the stream. So I'm sorry <laughs> about it, uh, but he created a drink called the dark Betty.
4: Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> we made It's a little bit Riverdale side, as I think both of you know, we do a Riverdale podcast as well. And we talk about dark Betty all the time. Uh, but of course, betty does go very dark in the final girl as well so for anybody listening this is bourbon grapefruit juice lime juice demerara syrup i always say that long Pay Child's bitters a little splash of red wine for the blood on the top uh and a lime peel and it's delicious justin you made one right
1: oh yeah i love i love this drink it's uh, it's a great, it's one of the best blends of, of the drinks that uh, we've had on the show Ooh. and truly the, the blood red um, color of it is perfect.
0: It's creepy. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully Betty would approve. I guess we'll have to see. Um, there you go. Inspired by the book. So let's talk about the book. Um, yeah. So this is like a lot of the horror one shots that have been coming out from Archie comics lately. You have a framing device, and then you have three short tales that are set in different aspects of the Archie Comics universe. Um, Jamie, I would go to you first, but Nicole, I think you sort of spurred on this idea. Is that correct?
5: Uh, I mean, that's what Jamie says.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's what I'm told. Uh, yeah, and apparently um, my daughter is very distressed that it hasn't been mentioned again <laughs> since this one uh this one print interview I gave that in fact, she, we share a Kindle account and I don't, she's uh, (laughs) she's 11 now. And I don't monitor her reading very much only because when I was her age, I read a lot of Stephen King and look how, you know, well-adjusted oh, wow. I am, so I figure <laughs> these things self-select, but um, we were we were on vacation last winter, and she told me she was reading The Final Girl Support Group, and I was like, hmm, but rather than tell her not to, I said, okay, I'll read it at the same time so we can just sort of, you know, be in sync, because I'd been meaning to read it and loved it, um, and as I was sitting on the beach reading it side by side with her and discussing it with her, I had like Aww. this moment because Jamie and I had been talking forever about like oh we want to do something with Betty and I thought well she would be so good as the final girl so it just Mm -hmm. clicked and um I sent her it wasn't even a pitch it was like one crazy person's sentence just like what do you think (laughs) and she wrote back oh I just finished reading the final girl support group and I was like oh me too so then it just felt hilarious incredibly faded but it did it did all spawn you know most proximally from my daughter and she was very distressed not to get credit for that so well,
1: nice that you're
5: giving yeah. her credit
1: uh, finally
5: <laughs> Yeah, exactly
0: uh well that's awesome to hear jamie over to you like i said this has been a series of one horror one shots usually under i think the chilling adventures banner what what spurred this on and what made betty the final girl the perfect current this past week iteration of
4: that
6: So we started doing these anthology one-shots back at the end of 2021. The first one we did was the Chilling Adventures in Sorcery. And what spurred that was basically for the longest time, I was like, I would just love to have a kind of Tales from the Crypt, Elvira-esque, you know, character hosting all of these short stories. So that way you can use a lot of different characters, you can tell a bunch of different stories. And we had so much fun doing that one that we just kind of wanted to keep doing them. So each one kind of takes on a little bit of a different format. Sometimes there's a host. Sometimes it's just three stories independently. And in the case of Betty the Final Girl, and I believe this is the second time Nicole has actually written one like this, the first time being October's Fear the Funhouse. There's a thread that kind of ties all the stories together. Um, And just like Nicole said, when she emailed me that idea, it was right at the time I had finished reading the Final Girl support group. So it was just like, all right, this must be kismet. Like this has to <laughs> this has to happen now. And I feel like of all the characters, um Betty kind of gets put through the paces a lot, uh but she's always mm. just emerges so resilient and like she's always like changed a little bit with each one that you can kind of throw her into any of these and she's always so fascinating to watch as this sort of kind of like a badass main character um Frank Thierry did it a lot in Jughead the Hunger, where like Betty really yeah. shone as like this, you know, very determined, uh, very violent uh, werewolf hunter. And that really helped to like sort of set the template for like, hey, how how far can we take Betty? You know, and everything that was done in Riverdale with dark Betty, it's just like, all right, she's she's kind of our horror hero in a lot of ways. So well, just, what she's, I very, love her- re- she's resourceful and like pragmatic, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah. And she's she's so un. Unass- she's so unassuming at the start. You're like, oh, she's yes. nice. And then she works <laughs> uh, which is yeah. great. Um what I was gonna say is I, I love I feel like it would have been easy to just be like, let's do a bunch of Riverdale style comics just to touch on the darker tones of that. But what I love about the books you're releasing, uh, this one especially like It's specific to horror and there are different tones across the board. It's not just like being like Riverdale, but, but comics, it is taking, taking the genre really seriously. And so the variety of different stories just in this book alone, I thought was fantastic.
2: Yeah. uh, Especially the second story with all the twists and turns. I had to read it twice and like just checking people's shirts, like who was who, because it was such a fun kind of like, wait a second, what reveal. (laughs)
6: yeah it was we always have a lot of fun putting uh, these together because to touch on what justin said we really love to explore all the different sub genres just within horror because you can do so much with it you can do psychological you can do kind of campy you can do fun in this case you can do slasher and we usually have some reference points for like different movies sometimes so in here we had a little bit of my bloody valentine um, mm. obviously when a stranger calls scream kind of permeates throughout just because <laughs> it's a final girl book, but we, we draw tons of influences across all different genres and horror.
0: Well, this is sort of a double question for both of you, but uh, Jamie, when you are crafting a book like this, when you're putting together the team, you know, you have McCall in place first. So you have your fra- person who's doing the framing device, mm-hmm. at least from the writing perspective, but how do you assemble the team after that? And McCall? Once that team is assembled, how do you start to craft the framing device? Is it writing your story and just letting it segue? Is it looking at everybody's stories and then figuring out how it all fits together? Talk me through the process.
5: Well, the one thing I'll say about the general process, which I think Jamie will agree is that I because I I think because in my former life I was an editor and I've overseen a lot of anthologies my of my own. Is that when I give her my pitch, there's usually a lot of so depending on what we end up getting or what you decide on, she could be watching this movie, she could be watching right. this movie. And I'll often give a couple of different options because I want to just sort of leave it open. So I that's that's what I try to do, but I'll let Jamie speak more about the like her organizational process. But I just try to keep it really flexible like if A then B so that like I'm not we're not pa- painted in and I I like to be able to turn on a dime if we need to.
6: <laughs> yeah and in my case I had received pitches from the other writers uh, Casey Gilley and Sam Mags. Some of them were for other books entirely but they had stories that just made much more sense to work in this anthology. Um, so once I sort of got them together I always try to push everyone a little bit to explore more of the expanded cast because you know, immediately a lot of people are going to hit the four, you know, Archie, Jughead, Betty yeah. Veronica. Mm-hmm. And we have just such a huge library of characters. It's always cool to be like, all right, but what if you you dig more into our cast? Who else could do it? And then sometimes by doing that, it just opens up the possibilities for stories even more because, you know, there's something about a certain character that lends itself to a more interesting plot point. So in this one, we used Melody um, from Josie and the Pussycatch, which I think was what yeah. Sam had had from the beginning. And I was like... Perfect. And then Brigitte <laughs> Riley, who is a character that's really only ever appeared in like a lot of our classic books. Um, she's known for being a singer. She's she hasn't had a lot of time in the sun. So this was a really cool way to sort of reinforce her personality and give her a little more depth. And then in the case of this one, I actually had all three writers sort of get together and, and work sort of things out themselves to be like, okay, I'm going to be using this character. This is what's going to take place. So Nicole could look at that and say like, all right, so that would make sense for Betty to be watching um, this movie. And then maybe we could pick up this thread that's mentioned in this story and include it in the framework. And everybody just kind of jived really well together. And it came out really well.
0: I mean, I know you're saying you have some of the characters already. We have a comment here on Facebook from Mary Pupo says, Josie and the Pussycats feels untapped for horror Could we potentially be seeing more of Josie and the Pussycats in these chilling adventures, anthologies or otherwise?
6: I mean, pretty much every character is on the table for these. That's what's great. That's what we love about having the different stories is it really gives us a chance to explore as many characters as we want to. Hmm.
1: Well, uh, go ahead. One one question um, about um, the framing device, Uh, Nicole, I feel like the way it's laid out, I was, I was surprised by in a good way. it, It almost, has like horror movie style cuts like in and out of the story like it's a real jump and um you don't usually see that in comics anthologies uh because there's a little separation even from the framing device but this i think i think played really into the genre was that a purposeful uh choice and how did that come about
5: yes i do (laughs) yes i will say that the end I don't want to be spoilery but the I would say yeah. the most dramatic of the cuts was actually Jamie's edit and it was fantastic and I was like oh that makes so much sense so that is mm. obviously a testament to what a good collaboration can do because I you know even my first of all any writer like is just uh, in my experience most writers are mired by self-doubt and spend most of their time <laughs> you know second guessing but even when I am feeling really confident about something, I love, you know, when I'm working with an editor and it comes back and it's like 12 times better than I even imagined because of like such a fantastic suggestion or so that, so if, if you're referring to what I think you're referring to, then I think those moments were mostly influenced by Jamie, but it was intentional and I was glad that she was able to draw that out. Um, and then, you know, for me, I don't get to see the other scripts until the end and I even when I see the pitches which this time around I didn't see the pitches until later on in the process um, with some of the other anthologies I saw them earlier on but um, it's a surprise when everything comes eventually in for me to you know tie it all together and it's such a delight what you were saying about the variation in the different genres and the writing style when we did holiday magic and it was past, present and future. And mm. each one had such a unique voice. I mean, it was truly so charming, like to read each one with its very, very distinct voice and humor. Um, so that's just been really enjoyable for me for so many reasons and it really made me very nostalgic for my days of like working with writers directly so, so <laughs> as many as you want I'm happy to do that so
0: excellent cool. uh Jamie I wanted to ask you a general question to contradict what Justin said earlier I have been loving these one shots and I think they're great but there is a part of me that misses the ongoing continuity Archie comics books. I know we're still getting the classic style Archie comic books and we are getting these one shots, which are very fun, but um, are we going to see that at any point in the future? Are we going to see a return to monthly ongoings?
6: I mean, it all depends on, you know, how, how things do, how the marketplace is, you know, we'll probably dip our toes more into minis at some point before we return to ongoing. Mm-hmm, okay. But you know what, we also have such an amazing ongoing project happening over at Webtoon with our big Ethel Energy series. Yeah. So <laughs> that's sort of yeah. filling a really nice void for anybody who's looking for that really long form ongoing storytelling, too.
0: Yeah, and I want to ask you about one in particular. Not to put you on the spot, but uh, we were friends with uh, James the Third and loved uh, Bob. Yeah. Bob Phantom. Yeah. Was oh, James awesome.
6: is wonderful.
0: I was no so fun. I I love that one shot. I was so bummed it was only a one shot. Is there any chance we could see more of Bob Phantom in particular?
6: I mean, anything can happen. That was one (laughs) that really took us by surprise because Bob Phantom is not a character. (laughs) (laughs) What? And even just by name alone, it's one that most people would be like, all right, that's interesting. And he... He is so fantastic and he just knocked that one out of the park. I was so shocked when he turned in the script because I was like, you did it. You, really? <laughs> you yeah. really made this Bob Phantom character something that like yeah, is did. just so interesting and humorous in aspects and a lot of fun. So I won't say no to anything. Um, but I will say I absolutely would love to work with James again <laughs> and yeah, soon cool. too. <laughs>
0: Uh we got a good crossover question here from YouTube. I'm gonna bring in this is from Ramsey Hassan. Which Archie character would you give a Morgan LeFay's magic necklace to? Oh.
4: Oh
1: god.
0: Cheryl. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean that's a good Wow, puts... Pete coming like strong with
4: Lefay's an answer.
6: One, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Any other answers or just Cheryl? Because that's the correct answer, I think.
6: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it's
0: a good
6: answer.
1: She probably Uh, already has it. (laughs) What are we we giving it to her? She'd be giving it to someone else.
0: Uh, Well, listen, I want to ask you something else off of the Archie comic books, but we're rapidly coming up on the final season of Riverdale, a month away as of this taping. What are you looking forward to? Bacol, Jamie, I know beyond anything, you're still also fans of the show. Bacol, you've written a ton about it. I know we've yeah. talked about it and DM'd about like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Uh, what What are you anticipating with the final season of the series?
5: I cannot offer any predictions. There's, <laughs> it's impossible, honestly. I'm looking forward to having, I mean, I'm sad that it's ending because I mean, for many reasons, I enjoy watching it, obviously as a fan um, and also the show and the process of like meeting the Archie team and, and becoming a writer for Archie has just been like such a wonderful dream come true. So just like I'm sentimental about the fact that the TV show that opened that door for me is coming to an end. So that's all you know, very sunrise, sunset. Um, But I think it'll be fun to have the complete series to go back and like watch start to finish. I think it's one of those that the week to week, um, the gap makes it harder. I mean, obviously the timeline is a little bit fuzzy in the first place, but especially with like (laughs) the hiatuses and things like that, it will be nice to go back and like watch it from start to finish and
6: sort of get a more holistic sense of
0: it. Wow. Yeah. And Jamie, what about you? What are you looking forward to with the final season?
6: Yeah, I was going to say. So I, I have no like insider uh, knowledge on it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I too, looking. yeah, no, I too have no clue. You know what possibly could happen to like cap it all off, and you know, gosh, there's so many, so many things. I hope the bear comes back.
4: Oh, oh. <laughs> oh.
1: that's what I was going to say. Is I feel like it's the kind of show where they're going to be like, we're going to hit. Every, right. you didn't even oh, wow. know. you're
4: gonna have like we're gonna, gonna have, have
1: to rewatch it. The gonna come back and story. finish
0: the job. Oh yeah. my God, that's the final scene. I think. Uh, be the audible. bear shows
6: up right to black. Soprano stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, the Bears eating at, a, at an Italian restaurant. Yeah, I feel like I
0: feel like there's a certain level of that would be horrible, but there's also a certain level because it's Riverdale. People would be like, yeah, that makes sense. That, that tracks. Sense. We're good. Yeah. Uh, jb from a business perspective though is archie planning anything to celebrate this final season of riverdale or is it just going to be business as usual
6: i'm you know i'm not sure i know we always do a ton of fun stuff especially in conjunction with each episode on social media we've been doing live tweets for everyone so i can only imagine that that final final episode is going to be a lot of fun but we don't have anything um super planned on my side of the world i'm so focused on the publishing aspect of it so like that's you know kind of a different world for me but it'll be fun to see
0: yeah uh so betty the final girl is on stands now what is next what is the next chilling adventures thing jamie and Nicole, what's next for you what else can people be looking for
6: so the next chilling adventures one shot is Pop's Chocolate Shop of Horrors, Ooh. which is on sale next month. Um, that's you know kind of what it sounds like. It's a lot of just creepy stories all surrounding Pop's Chocolate Shop. Another thing that was kind of touched on a little bit in Riverdale, we've had some some moments where there Certainly. were some yeah, there <laughs> have been some
1: creepy moments happening.
6: Yeah, yeah. So this one takes it um, not just creepy, really, really gory, and very, very far into the horror genre. So that's the one next month. And then following is The Cult of That Wilkin Boy, which is a (laughs) 20-page one-shot, which gets to the uh, dark side of fame and superstardom. Those are the next two upcoming ones.
0: Awesome. And, Nicole, what about you? What else is coming out from you, other than Betty the Final Girl?
6: I have,
5: like, thousands of pop culture picture books coming out, because apparently that (laughs) I'm your go-to girl for those things these days which are very fun and also apparently like appropriately bite-sized for someone with post-pandemic brain so that has been a shocking an unexpected new genre I mean I've I've worked on picture books before but um that was sort of a I didn't expect that and I'm I'm enjoying it a lot so um I can't I can't reveal any of the names yet because they're still until they're announced. It's all, but I think Seinfeld was just recently announced a couple of months ago. So there's going to be this Seinfeld picture book that is so cute. Oh. It's called um, oh. the day of nothing. And they, they've <laughs> got to see the baby. So there's, <laughs> they spend the whole day, like racing across the city, all, all kinds of inside jokes, trying to get to the baby, to see the baby. Um, oh, it's not cool. the ugly baby. I mean, it is, but it's, we don't discuss.
1: You don't discuss it's how ugly, ugly the, baby yeah. we we the, baby the baby is. You don't see the baby. You don't see It is
5: not yeah. known as ugly in the book. Well, that's like um, you don't show they,
1: the monster, then the monster's in your
5: mind, exactly. just like the baby. So there's that, um, and then there's some there's some other ones that I guess are still under NDA, and then there's um, and middle grade graphic novel that I'm excited about um, that has also been taking up a lot of my time and attention, so, um, and hopefully some more Archie in the future, although nothing has been confirmed yet, but um, they're always, whenever I get an email from Jamie, I'm like, (laughs) oh. When I see the name in my inbox, I drop everything, so. (laughs) Uh,
0: uh Awesome. uh well we jamie thank you so much for coming on again the book is yeah. super fun it's great really looking forward to pop's chocolate shop of horrors and mccall everything coming out from you thanks so much for coming on it was great seeing both of you
6: yeah
0: thank right. you
1: thank you for thank
0: having you us. all right great to have you both all right there we go that is once again betty the final girl it is oh yeah it's great archie comics pete you are you are a Betty fan. How'd you feel about the book?
2: Be honest. Oh, I was super, super impressed with it. Yeah, I thought they did a great job, and I liked the uh, different uh, tales. You know, so there's something for yeah. everybody in there.
1: Uh, and we won't talk about the reveal, but great it's rare when a, a comic really crushes the ending.
2: Uh, Plus, the the, you know, end it's ends. very pro listening to podcasts. So that helps us out. So that's great. You there know? you go. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think <laughs> definitely that, feeds back
0: directly 100%. into what we're
1: doing. Oh, yeah. I'm about to finish my Dark Betty and become Dark Justin. So oh, boy, watch out for that as we go forward. It's,
0: it's a, a sure. mad world, man. It's a mad world. All right. We are going to go to our next section, which is my favorite section because you make it up. It is your audience questions. Woo-hoo! And
2: You're not drinking today. What? You're not drinking today. Hold on! I'm saying things. Uh,
0: we <laughs> all you got to do is drop a question over on YouTube or Facebook or in the Q and A section on Crowdcast, and we will get to it here. But before we get to what we are drinking we have a sponsor for this week's oh. episode that i wanted to talk about this week's show is sponsored by our good friend juan Espinosa, man behind yeah. bearded man comics the goal of the company is to create stories showcasing hispanic cultures and they've got two not one but two great titles adventures of a system admin and mythology stories If you're looking for a fun book about hacking into computers that comes from an actual place of knowledge, definitely check Mm. out all six issues of Adventures of a System Admin. And you can also check out Mythology Stories, which is part of a successful Kickstarter campaign that was highlighted as a project we love by the platform. Comics are available in all major digital platforms such as Amazon, Apple Books, Comic Central, and Library Pass. You can also find the physical copies and a great amount of merchandise at the main website, Beardedbancomics.com.
2: Yeah, plus we've had them on the show. So you can go back and listen to that show as well if you're if you're looking for more. Exactly. A couple of times.
0: Yeah. Who is it? Who isn't looking for more? I'm looking for more information on what everybody's drinking this evening. I'm still having this delicious (laughs) dark Betty cocktail, which is very good. And Justin, you just finished yours.
1: I finished mine, but I'm gonna go to the fridge, which is right here. So just oh
2: yeah. Okay, giant fridge manager. What are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking uh, Pony Boy. You got to stay golden. You know what I mean? Uh,
1: wow, great uh, point. Um, I'm gonna dip into uh, Genesee Springbok.
2: Uh, oh, Genesis! When, when you go to Wegmans,
1: when you go to Wegmans in Brooklyn, there's not a lot of beer where the 12 pack costs less than twelve dollars. But this is one of them. Shouts to Jenny, uh, the beer that you drink when you find beer in the woods. <laughs>
0: all right we got a couple of questions here so why don't we jump into it this one is from schoichler over on youtube uh, thank you for specifying it's for audience questions for aq good what's your another... <laughs> what's another non-archie property that you'd like to see do that kind of turn towards anthology horror Ooh, good
2: interesting. question interesting. great question my little pony
1: nice good call um, yeah great are you are you been have you been watching
0: yeah you cut kind of, you came up with that very quickly peter
1: i know like that was off the dough <laughs> was,
2: was... Well, i was just trying to think of something that's not horror and the first thing that yeah. popped in was uh you know my little pony i don't yeah. know
1: if you've watched much um mlp lately but it gets a little horror it's there's really terrifying stuff yeah um i, I didn't a know of-
2: it was still going or was a cartoon
1: It's going in my house. If you pop by, we'll sit down and... uh, Sorry,
2: were you saying
0: My Little Pony based on the toys from 30 to 40 years ago? That's what they should do? You didn't know there was a cartoon or anything? Did
2: not uh, know that there was... Oh, boy, I have a
0: lot lot of stuff to fill you in on. No, (laughs) cool. There's a whole thing going on there with bronies and other
1: stuff. Uh, Nicole, in our chat, uh, is responding to what we're talking about, um, saying that, yes, MLP gets dark and it definitely <laughs> so pete oh. they are ahead of you in, well, the, in yeah. the genre there
0: you know out to bounce off of what pete is saying i feel like idw in particular has all of these licensed properties they can do a good job with taking them some of horror theme like transformers do a christine style thing with a car or
1: something like that oh. isn't that what the transformers that's just what the decepticons are I don't know. Do you ever think about how
0: like there's a human inside of a transformer? They're going to get ripped to shreds when that transformer transforms, right?
1: Well, that's why I feel like there shouldn't be much driving involved when you're hanging out with the transformers. I know it's natural. I think
2: it's rude to drive if you're in a transformer. You know what I mean? You got to just like let them do their thing. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Well, who's yeah. Who's But I don't know. How do you feel with like a horse?
0: Uh, That's a good question.
1: Like, isn't a transformer like when you're inside of a horse? When
0: you're inside of a horse, <laughs> when you're, when you're of a horse <laughs> yeah, how do you a drive a horse? You get
1: inside it, right? Like, a, <laughs> I don't know like what's a horrifying car. No, yeah. I got what I'm saying is like, you're saying the transformers aren't used to humans. I mean, they're they were grown to be cars. Like, I feel like it's sort of like, well,
2: wow. an alien race that came down here and then scanned cars as a way to blend in. All right, so uh, is that what, they did?
1: what were they before? They were just uh
0: bunch of
2: robots robots yeah. pete if you went to another planet would you like scan a horse and become a horse you're, you're goddamn right i would scan <laughs> uh you know i'd be a unicorn you know what i mean keep it my that's what style. you would transform
1: wow you're really hitting that <laughs> <animal laughs> laser focused man i mean i if i'm picking <laughs> an like animal I got a to little... transform me. i'm a uh, turtle yeah i'm going straight turtle
2: you're well,
4: gonna be a issue turtle
0: I really hope your cutie mark comes in soon. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens.
1: But let me just let me just go down on this. I don't not as familiar with Transformers mythology. You're saying they were in space and they were like, you know what? We'll hide as cars. The no place they where everyone interacts. No, they were with on Cybertron, constantly.
2: dude. Have you even watched the show? They were on Cybertron. There was a war that broke out. You know, they tried to escape. They crash landed on Earth and then were like, "Okay, we got to blend in. They started scanning cars and transforming the cars.
1: Feels like I mean, if they're going to be sensitive about letting humans drive, that's a bad choice. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Does it work the same way with the Beast Wars stuff? Like when Optimus Prime scans a gorilla, does somebody ride inside of him still?
2: Oh, my God. You are just I uh, I guess technically
0: a gorilla gorilla
1: should be riding with it should be a, a corresponding animal. For the better disguise. <laughs> a
0: smaller gorilla inside of the gorilla. Is that what you're saying? Because
1: let me tell you, if you want to be a robot in disguise, I would choose human. Hmm. I would go with a transform into a human.
2: Mm, interesting. That's why you're the king you of the transformers. Fast, you
4: know what
1: I mean?
2: You
4: can't fast? Can
1: go fast. Yeah, cars go fast. I don't know. All that, all that transforming takes Do up. Do you a think lot that was time. the first
0: pitch at Hasbro where they were like, I've got this idea? It's transformers. They're robots in space and they come down and to hide, they become humans. <laughs>
1: Uh, I have a strong feeling fold that they, them designed... until they become
0: regular human figures. <laughs> I
1: have a feeling the mythology came after they had the. Oh, uh, yeah, the man. toy
0: came first, bro. They were
1: like, oh, uh, we, we got another tie
0: in question here. This is from Ben, the border collie. Who would be your final girl? If you were writing in a DC and or Marvel setting.
1: Ooh, great question. Um, I have two answers. Uh okay. my first was uh Mary Jane. I, I have, haven't say, seen Sable. The, exactly Sable. what I was. You're going to say, Sable. say Sable. No, no, Mary Jane. No, I Mary Jane. Mary Jane yeah. is the like class like and I honestly we haven't seen a lot
2: of wait, uh, free making a deal with the devil Mary Jane or uh, maybe
1: uh, with maybe the deal deal with the devil's involved. Uh, uh but boo. I think she's a great option, but let me also throw out go the opposite way, Power Girl. You don't the final girl hmm. is often running um, hiding, like uh, scared. What about Power Girl who is sort of like the opposite of a final girl, finding a way to to weave the story that way would be very fun.
4: Hmm.
0: Hmm. I like that. I I don't know why this came to mind. I feel like this is almost wrong, but Renee Montoya as the question, I feel mm. like she kind of ends up in those situations anyway. So there might be something there, potentially.
4: Uh, yeah. Storm and, Storm he, and Wonder
0: Woman. Ser- oh, I thought you were going to say some sort of My Little Pony character, potentially.
1: Yeah. No.
2: Storm and Wonder Woman, Storm right. and Wonder Woman, both. No, yeah. no explanation. No explanation needed. They're uh, <laughs> definitely final uh, material. You just want that. Those you
1: want them to be the
2: final comics you read. All right.
0: Fair enough. Uh, We got this from Ramsey Hassan after reading the brilliant Magic Necklace. Do you think that eroticism is still an unexplored genre in comics? Would you like more exploration of it? Great question. And for that, we're going to go to
2: Pete first. Oh, yeah, Uh this is great. You know, hey, it's all all about what the writer wants to explore, what speaks to them, you know, so I don't think it's unexplored. I definitely wouldn't say that ever. (laughs) uh but uh yeah i mean you know it's all about the story that a writer wants to put out there or artist wants to collab on and put out there you know and whatever winds your watch whatever gets you going so uh you know <laughs> whatever, whatever
1: winds you watch go. the most <laughs> erotic way to say that
2: oh well, yeah man
1: uh, yeah i'm not I, allowed
2: in watch
0: stores anymore because hubba hubba <laughs> there's a lot of
1: reasons you're not allowed i I believe that i believe that uh let me say i i think there should be more but it's a hard eroticism in a real way like that is actually erotic i think it's really hard to do and that's why i feel like the magic necklace did such a great job uh, of actually doing that Uh, but real eroticism is very hard to do and yes i would like to see more of it.
0: yeah i I agree with you. I mean, not to get too big about this, but there's been this ongoing debate that cropped up again recently about sex scenes in movies and TV shows. I think digging into it, it very specifically came from some bad actors who were trying to push a like we should censor a lot of stuff uh, sort of argument that they are eventually getting towards, but it did kick off a lot of discussion about it, about should there be uh, sex scenes in movie TV shows? Do we need them? Are they important? Um, I would say it's the same thing with comics that it is with literally anything. Is it motivated? Like are you doing it just to throw it in there to titillate? It's the same thing as like action scenes, you know, where frankly, I know Pete is not going to like this, but there's a lot of comics we read. Don't come. Reading, we're yeah. talking about something different. Don't come to no, no, me. No, but it, I really, like, legitimately think it's the same way where we've been reading enough comics at this point. We've been doing the show for over 15 years, read thousands, millions of comics, something like that. I don't even know oh, at this point. Never maybe, count. Maybe never millions.
1: count how many.
0: But. I, there can be cool fight scenes, but ultimately just seeing it feels like a wash. If it's just now we fight and now we stop fighting and now we're friends and now we're going to go fight the supervillain, It's the same thing with a sex scene. Like in, it happens far less in comics, but in TV or movies, it was like, we're having a sex scene because now is the point when we have a sex scene versus it doing something to the characters and right. pushing them some way emotionally. That's how I want to see it. And yeah, it, comics, I don't know. It doesn't, the way comics is built as an industry doesn't necessarily lend itself to that as frequently in mainstream comics as it potentially could.
1: I got you, Alex. Replace all fight scenes with sex scenes. That's,
0: That's what I'm cool. saying. Uh,
1: but let me throw in there, I I'm think- am the best
0: there is at what I do. Oh, <laughs> stop.
1: Ain't very good. Uh I think that the sex scenes that I feel like that debate was talking about, the bulk of sex scenes in movies are written by people who are more, much more focused on maybe the action scenes like mm-hmm. 80s action movies and sex scenes I wouldn't argue they're really <laughs> focused on eroticism um, as a as an art form so I think it is about cultivating that as the goal to write a scene that is as important to the development of the characters in the story of the movie or tv show uh, or comic um, as the the rest of it <laughs>
0: there you go I think we solved it everybody and I think we had one more question here maybe I missed it um, we a lot of
1: platforms we have a lot of platforms here it now. is
0: a lot of platforms so I'm not sure so I guess that's actually it for your audience questions whoop 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 whoop, whoop, whoop. and now we are going to move to our next section which is trivia I gotta figure out oh. the
1: sound effect. Like, <laughs> like, the pickup on that was at a strange part, and I appreciate it, it.
0: Definitely was. I don't know how it works yet. Oh, there we go. Okay, uh, we are going to go to trivia.
2: For that, I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All yeah. right, this is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars to Long John Silver for some reason, or Midtown Comics because oh, they've been got. nice enough to sponsor the show, and uh, you would want comics probably you know i mean comics or fish fun. you might want comics or fish it's yeah kind exactly. Of up there, uh... exactly we gotta remove these uh fish gift cards that's for sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll look back and realize wow i can't believe we re- became a fish reviewing podcast
2: now, yeah so yeah quickly. i'm looking forward to us talking about some bass you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yeah nice you know, bass C-Bash. Well, listen,
0: we have a trivia contestant today that I'm going to bring into the stream. It is oh, Dr. Dr.
2: Schoichler. Hey, Doc.
1: Wow. What's going on here?
2: Bill oh, you're Nida's muted. Side-side. You're muted, buddy. Uh, head of experimental medicine. Yeah, there you go.
0: Well, you know, I've just uh, come out of surgery, but I mean, humans have two livers, right? <laughs> oh, boy. Nope. oh boy
2: doc i don't know where, where you went to school but go back Do you uh, want to take it away with some trivia sure today's trivia is a topical comic news and a small nod to the legend richard belzer r.i.p oh, please man. listen to all three options before making your selection here we go ready doc question number one how many characters are on the cover of the Fantastic Four number 700 issue out this May? Is it A, Four, B, 700, or C, Robert Laloja? <laughs> I'm going to lean toward B you are good at leaning sir um congratulations you are correct that's right there's going to be 700 characters on uh on that fantastic four cover it should be fun to see them all all right question number two in may what number will batman hit is it a 900 b 800 or c mark margolis so it's either A, because it's more impressive, or is it B? I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say A. You are correct. 900 is where ah. Batman will be at this, May. All right, here we go. Last question. What is coming back to comics at Dark Horse? Is it A, Murder, Inc., B, cream mention, or C, Lee Benton? Wow. It's mm-hmm. a real story. Also, really I didn't see a lot of
1: it. hints. <laughs> didn't see a lot of hints
2: there. Well, only one of them is uh actual an actual thing and that would be murder ink. Oh, I'm going to go with the murder ink. Yeah, you are correct. Nice. Yeah. That's wow. which is is what what I like to have in my colorful murder pen. <laughs> oh. Okay. Ah, nice.
1: Wow. Look at you bringing it all together. All Let me throw out a a question from Straight Bullies over here. Is the stethoscope a puppet? and I think we can officially say because you come on with puppets um, instead usually we see
2: puppets. puppets yeah well I mean if we want to get a second opinion I could bring
0: on a you know my colleague Dr. Kong Oh boy! Nice. Who's uh, it? Donkey oh, Kong. Nice. Donkey oh, Kong. It's a Donkey nice. Kong puppet. If
1: you're listening, Alex to really shaking it, really shaking his head at this. Really, and <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs>
4: you.
0: Kevin, are you going to take a gift card to Midtown Comics or Long John Silver's? What's your choice? Great I'm going to go with uh, Midtown Comics. All right. Oh, okay. I guess I'm
1: you hate fish piracy. Okay.
0: Well, sure us an email, you know what? and we'll get that off to you. And <laughs> what is the secret movie? That Pete was intimating with his.
2: With the bells. Hmm. Yeah.
3: I'm not sure. It's not coming Hello. to me tonight. Oh, oh interesting. We...
2: Ah, I got you. It's because you're so in character. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it He's is focused the, on the surgery. 1983 hit Scarface. Wow. Wow. I forgot that was
4: in
1: that. Oh, yeah. That's man. A, it's strange to hear you say a real movie title. <laughs> A movie that people have seen and heard of.
0: Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations. Great on to see gift, you, Kev. Kevin. All right. As we all know, tomorrow is new comic book day. Whoop, whoop whoop.
2: Whoop. Whoop What are you guys looking forward to that is coming out, Pete? Besides uh Betty the Final Girl, which uh I very much enjoyed last week. That was last Already week. Out. But- well, yep. I, I'm still giving it a shout out if you don't fucking mind, you assholes. <laughs> oh my gosh, come Jesus, down. Okay. I don't mind. Uh, yeah. As well as Cosmic Ghost Rider number one. Woo! Wow, great! Just oh. what about you. What are you looking <laughs> I forward thought to?
1: You were going to say so many more words than that. No, nope. um, I've got. I mean, there's one obvious and one maybe less obvious. I gotta give it up for Human Target number 12 coming out oh, this yeah, week. I mean, oh, talk about a comic. Uh, that's Tom the only King. reason you
2: came back, was so you could talk about this issue.
1: Well, you know what? And like you guys talked about a lot of comics in the last couple of weeks, but there's one that I wanted to mention. Um, the Clayface, um, One Bad Day. Oh, my God.
2: Oh, Dude, we already man. talked about it. I know talked you,
1: about it. but I didn't. And I just want to say, shouts to that comic. It's by... Jackson and, and uh, Lansing, a team we've loved on Captain America, and that Clayface comic is so good, and it hit me so hard because it's about like uh, theatrical about being an actor. It's about like uh, you know, what to, would it would be great just, is so
2: if you were on the show. You could talk about one. will get up! Give me a break!
1: Give me a break! You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll uh, hassle you next time. You have to like um, go ride a crab somewhere or whatever. All right. All um, right. Anyway, Human Target number 12, uh, bringing the series uh, to a close. What a great uh, run this has been. Definitely. Save, this, save some uh, for the
2: stack, bro. Uh,
1: no, I will not. I'm going to only review the books you guys already talked about in the stack. Uh, <laughs> but the other one I wanted to say and shout out was, of course, I forgot it because I was talking about this other stuff and it was uh oh action comics 1052 <laughs> All right, uh, there we go. really enjoy really the
0: raider character, super bad
1: well but I, I, I feel like the, this hasn't gotten as much hype the new super family mm-hmm. um and the way that is it's even tighter than the bat family has been of late which we really do see a lot of how
0: do you think it compares with the shazamily
1: Well, we also have that. Um, I have plenty to say about the Shazamly, which I won't say right now. But I do think this family, the way that this this Superman book is being written by um, Philip Kennedy Johnson, and, and the backups are also excellent, is really exciting. It feels like a real new chapter in the Superman story and is going in a fun place.
0: Cool. A couple of ones that I want to mention. I want to give a shout out to Phantom Road from Image Comics, written by Jeff oh, Lemire yeah, art by Gabriel Alex uh, H. Walta. And this is a wild new post-apocalyptic yeah, something dude. zombie book. I don't know, but I thought well, I was, I was kind know. of blown away by that. And the other one, Murder World Game Over from Oh, ah, yeah. I've really been enjoying that crossover. It's a bunch of number ones where arcade has been putting these people in a squid game kind of competition through their paces. Um, Very fun. Excited to see how that wraps up. And folks, that is it for this week's show. Woo! couple of people you want to thank. We want to thank Claire Napier for coming on. Be sure to check yeah. out the Magic Necklace yes. on Zoop right now. Again, as of this taping, 16 days left. It's very cool. Also, Nicole Asto and Jamie Rotante coming on, talking about Archie Comics. Betty, the final girl. Awesome book. Definitely check yeah, that out, that's... as well as all of the other things they mentioned. Next week on the show, we are going to have two other guys, a bunch of other guests. Here we go. Ben Goldsmith is going to be here to talk about Seance Room and his crossover with Axlash. Also, Steve Horton is going to be here to talk about another Zoop book Bowie, Stardust, Ray Guns, and Moon Age Daydreams. Yes. And Laurie Foster is going to be here to talk about Cthulhu is Hard to Spell. Yeah, <laughs> true. It is true. If yeah. you want to support our show and all the shows we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. You can subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live on Instagram or TikTok, ComicBookClubLive.com comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time. Good night.
1: C T H U L H U. Good night. Oh yeah.